0: Hail and well met, Adventures, and welcome to the Audio Armory, an exploration of weaponry through the ages. I am your local bard, Emily Cardamus.
1: And I'm your local blacksmith,
0: Elizabeth Belts. You did it! I did! I can talk now. <laughs> I'm so right. bad with words. <laughs> How are you today, Liz?
1: Oh, I am a whole nother level of not here
0: <laughs> yeah no so apologies in advance <laughs> listeners uh both liz and i are rather rather sniffly because yeah. it is um the weather is terrible and at least on uh, that's a, that's the my excuse on my end i don't know what liz's excuse is um my life is terrible yeah and and we just sound we just sound like i sound like i'm half asleep probably and it's because i am and Liz, it just so sounds dying. like
1: I have something shoved so far up my nose that it's kind of poking around my brain, which is preventing me from talking like a normal human being.
0: But that's normal. You normally can't talk like a normal. Shut human up. Being. <laughs> Shut your uh, face. <laughs> so what are we? What what are we going to discuss today, Liz? In in this here uh, shop,
1: we're going to discuss rapiers.
0: Oh, well then I guess- I guess we better get to the point then, huh? Leave. (laughs) No, I live here. No. I live here in your- okay, in this weird fantasy, outside of reality blacksmith shop. Um, I- I live on the top apartment.
1: No, no, you live in the barrel of hay that is outside of my shop.
0: That's what I I call the top apartment. No.
1: Get- no. You- (laughs) you've become a a nuisance homeless person, (laughs) And I, it's it's getting to be time that I, I contact.
0: But I hung the I, sign and everything. I hung the sign outside of the barrel y- that's the yes. top apartment.
1: Yes, and it's it's a very beautiful sign. It's it's the best sign. But you're kind of driving away business.
0: But don't don't. Why doesn't? I mean, I think everyone loves my beautiful lute music. I, I, I can't play the lute, but I'm sure everyone loves it. Uh, you're offending me by not responding. Uh, My feelings are hurt. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: anyway, maybe we should get started. No, never.
1: <laughs> well, let's talk about the rapier a little bit. Um, basically, as stated in the terrible pun, it is a long needle-like blade, um, but there's typically a very complex hilt design that acts as a guard, typically a dome-like shape, um, and that was used to protect the hands of swordsmen. They were intricately designed through um, chiseling or even inlaying brass. Um, In cases of those who had a lot of wealth, uh, opal, gold inlay, and different stones could even be set into them, which was... A rather intense act to do but you know if you really wanted to shell out that money.
0: And, and you're saying like these would be set into the like into the dome part of it like not like how you typically think of setting a stone it would be like weird like almost like in bed in these sort of uh, covers?
1: Well it kind of depends on the stone. Now there's some of them just that just have you know, maybe one or two stones set into it that are rather large, and those are typically bezel set, which is basically there's a thin piece of wire that wraps around it and keeps it in place, but I actually came across a rapier that had basically encrusted fake diamonds all over it, including the grip, which is completely impractical, but it was used only for ceremonial purposes I was
0: gonna say that sounds like something that's just like look it's shiny and pretty it's basically a thing
1: it's bling for your sword um (laughs) you bedazzle your sword (laughs) bedazzle them (laughs) jeans bedazzle that sword
0: it it matches right right there with your bedazzled uggs I had an art teacher who had bedazzled uggs
1: that's gross
0: no she was the best well her taste was gross well, to each, to each their own. <laughs> that's... I wouldn't wear them, but she rocked them, and that's what matters.
1: Okay, I'll give her that. If she can rock them, then she has she has a skill a lot of people could never obtain. <laughs> the blades were specifically designed to thrust for combat, um, and that was because of its slender build. But um, even though they were a lot more flexible than the broadsword, they were also a lot more brittle. Especially when it came to doing any kind of swinging motions. Because that's not what they were built for. They were built to specifically go in and out.
0: In D&D terms, this is a piercing weapon, not a slashing weapon, like a like a broadsword would be.
1: Indeed, you nerd. Indeed.
0: Indeed.
1: I'm gonna burn your apartment now. I'm just... I'm, oh. I'm going to. Your I eye like rise.
0: this. I like this barrel. No, it's nice and comfy. It, it, no, it's I'm, it's
1: go, It's going up now.
0: Like the hay gets wet when it rains, and that's kind of cumbersome. But like it, you know, it's rent uh, controlled. No. So
1: well, you know what? It's it's gone now. You've lost your privileges. Aww. You've lost your hay privileges.
0: It's okay. I'll I'll uh, I'll find a nice wheel wheel barrel. Outside. Stay away
1: from my barrels. I use those.
0: No, it's a wheelbarrow. It's different. A, whe- a wheelbarrow. A wheelbarrow? Anyway.
1: <laughs> Anyways. Um, basically, rapiers were used for um, dueling. Uh, they didn't really have a whole lot of purpose outside of it at the start.
0: Um, but when they started. Sort of a, so, sort of a Weehawk and Don pistols drawn situation.
1: Yeah, only. You know not pistols they were they were swords they were stabby sticks yeah um is it a technical term i don't know oh really yes stabby sticks
0: i see it's a trade secret Mm -hmm.
1: and no no other blade has has this name simply because i mean it's it's slender build it's it's specifically stick-like i see Uh uh-huh
0: what about a stick that you stab someone with what do you call that a sticky stabber oh Gosh, I'm, my, my novice, my novice uh, Come on, it, Emily. knowledge is obviously showing this is, today. It's, it's basics. <laughs> basics. Get with the <laughs> I program! Gotta, I gotta go back to school. I gotta go back to, to stabby stick school.
1: Get educated. Stay in school. Don't do drugs. Start of rapiers. Um, believe it or not, we're derived from broadswords like everything else because mother broadsword is life. Um, Rapiers had uh, narrow blades, like more narrow than your typical broadsword, but were still bulky um, and were still rather heavy uh, in comparison to what we now envision them as. Uh, But they originated from uh, Spain and Italy, actually, as a more casual blade that could blend in with your attire and basically become a street weapon for uh, defense. I know, right? Imagine a rapier as a street weapon. Dude, no, you don't think, like, it's the most ga- gangster shit. You're my bread
0: from me on guard, sir. Like, what the <laughs> heck?
1: It's the most gangster shit. Don't you dare, don't you dare insult the rapier. What the,
0: like, I can't even picture that.
1: Just, okay, come with me, folks, on a journey. A magical, magical journey. A
0: magical journey to a fall, far off land I want you we, to ca-
1: envision, we call Spain. I want you to envision, you know, your stereotypical medieval era. You're in town. Imagine a man in fluffy pants. And a very nice vest. Going into the market.
0: Wait, how nice is that vest?
1: Pretty nice. Like, it's it's not top quality, but I mean, he saved up.
0: We're a clean podcast
1: darn <laughs> okay
0: <laughs> pretty 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 dang nice there
1: you go you can just go over that for me just nope i'm
0: gonna leave that whole part in oh, god anyways
1: back to my magical journey he's got a sweet vest and he's he's in the market he just wants to buy you know a pretty hot smoking loaf of bread because i mean the baker just just made that it's so delicious how could you not and the dude comes up and is just like, hey, yo, you owe me two bucks or two gold coins, I should say, for like, I don't know, that time that you lost that bet against me. You know the one. Or maybe you don't. You were pretty drunk that night. And he's just like, no way, dude. I want to buy that bread. And he's just like, nah, dude, you owe me that money. And so they get into a sick fight. And this is historically accurate. This okay, happened all the time. Does one of
0: the them time. die? Does one of them die? yeah probably in the market Uh uh-huh and then they sell the corpse that's how medieval times worked
1: yeah yeah probably well well, first they take all of its stuff that's how the restaurant
0: medieval times works you go there and you die and then they sell your corpse and you know what (laughs) you know what you know what that chicken is (laughs) I hate the fact that we're so quickly revisiting the nasty chicken, but. Turns I think out the that nasty chicken. chicken
1: is officially just.
0: It's not chicken, it's people.
1: If you didn't have such a hatred towards medieval times, maybe we uh, wouldn't look, keep circling maybe back. They shouldn't, to this. Maybe they
0: shouldn't have, shouldn't. have slighted me in eighth grade.
1: You'll never let this go, will you? Mm mm. What were we talking
0: about? Uh, rapiers in Spain.
1: Oh, right, yeah, Spain. Let me see if I can pronounce this. Um, because it was supposed to be a more casual blade, um, the Spanish term for rapiers was actually espada ropera, meaning sword of the ropes.
0: <laughs> you said that was such a flair.
1: <laughs> Look, I actually took four years of Spanish. I kind of know things sometimes, maybe. Oh, okay,
0: okay. <laughs> I tried. You d- and you did a great job. Thank you. Thank you. Great
1: job. Because the Germans were Germans... They were just like, hey, that's cool, and adopted the rapier. Um, but kept their designs a whole lot more simple um, and focused on keeping the balance of the blade rather than a lot of the intricate designs that you see in uh, some of the Spanish
0: and Italian blades. So um, see, that's the thing about Germans. We're, we're simple. We know what works. We're not going to f- make frilly things about with it. Don't tell me about that time that that one guy built a castle and ran out of money. That doesn't count uh okay <laughs> I'll tell you about it later okay I I,
1: I, I will appreciate that story because I'm I'm unfamiliar even though they were simplistic in design most of the time uh, they were still elaborately forged pieces um, hilt bars that were made for the basket um, were mainly uh, designed with you know the user's hand in mind but uh that didn't stop them from doing very intricate weaving and kind of twist designs with it. Uh, But the pommels were normally really large and simplistic and spear-like, simply to act as balance for the long, narrow blade. But like most sword makers, stamps were always included along the, the fuller, which is basically the groove like I discussed in the last episode Mm -hmm. of the sword that basically goes down the center
0: of it. Um, I was gonna say, this sounds uh, sounds very similar to the the type of thing you were describing in the broadswords episode.
1: Yes, that's basically the best place to find an artist's mark is along the fuller or if it's not visible, if you were to take apart the sword it's typically along the tang, which is the seal piece that's hidden by the handle. And that could be like a wooden handle, or sometimes it's wood and then leathers wrapped around it. It kind of varies Mm -hmm. depending. Um, But those two places are the best places to look for when trying to figure out the maker's mark. The most popular use for these swords, again, were the one-on-one duels. but getting more into how the duels were set up, they basically were, they had a set of agreed rules before they went into battle. Um, they were not meant to actually kill each other. It was basically...
0: That's not fun.
1: I know, right? Like, you <laughs> you envision this to be like, yes, oh, it's a fight to the death. No, no, it's just like, ah, you ruined my vest. How dare you? Now I have to buy another.
0: It was, a well, hey, if it's the same vest that we were just talking about... It was a pretty sweet vest. Yeah. So I'd be angry about that. This is true.
1: But I mean, I could see how you would lose your honor because the whole thing was about regaining your honor in a duel. And if, like, if you cut my vest up, I'm going to lose my honor. I'm going to be like Prince Zuko from Avatar. And I'm just going to be very upset and then have to chase a bald child across the world and find out that he's actually not that bad and become good friends.
0: And my sweet vest was ruined. Yeah. And that's the most tragic of all honor losses. Is the loss of your sweet, sweet vest.
1: Your sweet, sweet vest. Mm-hmm. Your sweet, sweet sonic vest. Well, that's actually a sweater.
0: <laughs> I have my that's sweet, true. sweet snowman vest. No, my sweet, so if, if, okay. <laughs> if I got into a duel and my sweet, sweet sonic sweater was, ooh, say that five times fast was destroyed i would be genuinely upset because i think you would just kill the person at that point even not if not only won. <laughs> not only is that sweater one of my most prized possessions and amazing one of the most amazing pieces of clothing i've owned owned but like so many people have complimented me on that on that sweater. I almost said best. Um, so many people have complimented me on that sweater that basically I can never get rid of it and I have to keep it with me forever now.
1: Yeah, that sweater is just you. It's it's who you are.
0: So how about we get you? You've kind of uh, you've kind of talked about the generalities of the rapier. Um, how about we get more into like historically, how has the rapier uh, developed in in these different countries?
1: Um, well, basically starting out with uh the English, the need for self-defense ended up becoming more and more of an issue. So, the evolution of the rapier for them was more of uh, downsizing the rapier. Um and became known as the small sword. So it's like 25% smaller than an actual it's rapier. It's a small sword. It is, it's a little baby.
0: It's a little baby sword.
1: Y- yes.
0: It's <laughs> a little tiny sword. That's adorable. <laughs> well, if, Sorry, if I'm just picturing. I'm picturing this tiny, tiny sword. <laughs> I love it.
1: Typically, uh, small swords were more of a status symbol, like everything else in medieval times. Um, a lot of it had inlaid precious metals like silver. Um, Which was a lot more common in higher class citizens. Um, But if you weren't higher class, most of the time it was just chiseled steel. But if you were really, if you really wanted to get your swag on, you had gold all over that. Mm. All over. Like the grip, it was gold. The hilt, that was gold. Your teeth, them be gold.
0: No, but that wouldn't be. I mean, gold is a soft metal. So so when you get to that point, basically, you're not talking about something that's, like, really effective in protecting you. Like, if the, if the guard is made of gold, like, it's soft. Like, it could be pierced.
1: It could be. But that would require a lot of force. If anything, it would give. It would okay. bend uh, before it would actually break. Unless okay. you were just like, hell yeah, I'm going to take an axe to this. And go at this guy's hand. In which case, I mean, you have more things to worry <laughs> about than the problems. health.
0: <laughs> yeah, you have more problems than your rapier being broken, buddy.
1: <laughs> exactly. Might might want to look into some prosthetics.
0: Uh, <laughs> and back then, and, and back at those days, we didn't have any. So, or I'm sure we did, but they were probably wood.
1: No. Fun fact, I actually came across this. Um, knights had iron prosthetics. Oh. They had basically uh, iron hands, or sometimes arms, depending on how badly they were injured.
0: Oh wow! And
1: it it's meant to look like their armor, so it's like oh, okay. Yeah, it's really cool looking, very that, like, intricate. That makes a lot of
0: sense. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't obviously use it, like, right? It was just kind of there to almost like mask the fact, like the fact that it was. It looked like it was part of the armor. It's, it would be like, I'm assuming it would be to some extent to mask the fact that a limb is missing.
1: Yes. Or a um, part
0: of a limb is missing, I guess.
1: Pretty much. It's more of, uh, just, I guess, I guess at that point it's just to keep their intimidation level higher. Because if mm-hmm. you see somebody missing an arm, you're going to be like, well, crap, I can just go at them, like, on this side. I, they mm-hmm. obviously have a weak spot they can't defend on that side. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But with that, it's not as obvious as a weak point. Right. But yeah, a fun fact about uh, prosthetics in medieval times, it's actually huh. pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I've never knew. It. I never knew that, so that's really interesting.
1: Going on with uh, other countries, the French um, actually spread their decorative influence uh, through um, the Rocco period, which is like the 18th, late 18th century. Well um, I
0: hate to cut you off at the pass. Did you mean the Rococo period? We could take we could take that from the top.
1: Take two. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on with the French, um, they spread their decorative influence through the Rococo period, which was the late eighteenth century.
0: Liz, are you sure it's not the Rococo period?
1: Get out of here. <laughs> Leave? You insult me in my home. Leave. This led to more intense chiseled guild decorations.
0: Not just on swords, but hilts. I've been shamed. Um what kind of designs would they use?
1: Had intricate flower designs, um, organic plant designs were common. And even helmet designs, which matched the knight's helmets that they wore, like, their armor, which was pretty weird. So they, like, had tiny versions of themselves on the sword, which seemed very... What's the word I'm looking for?
0: I don't know, but I just pictured being like, hey, look, this is me on my sword, and I'm gonna stab you with it. And, and the tiny me is gonna stab you.
1: I love that you just think of these things.
0: I, it's a good it's a good mental image because first first it was
1: the baby sword that you were freaking out about I, well and now so- it's
0: like you got a tiny you on your baby sword <laughs> and then and then you know you even I bet if you even get like a really good like uh, sculptor or engraver or whatever you could have your tiny you carry another tiny sword and then on that tiny sword there'd be a tiny you who'd be carrying a tiny sword and then on that sword and then it just keeps going and going and going layers upon layers.
1: The French actually came up with uh, a very popular means of preventing rust, which also gave a really cool look to the blade. Um, and it was called bluing the blade, which if you want to take a guess at it.
0: Oh, I've actually heard of this before.
1: Okay, cool.
0: It's like, cause it's like, isn't it some sort of like chemical treatment? Like, it, I mean, it's called bluing cause it literally turns the blade blue, but isn't it like basically, uh, I don't know if it's, like, a way to harden or t- temper the blade. I'm not quite sure, but it, it's it's just, like, a treatment done to the blade to strengthen it. And and however, like, the chemical you coat it in, plus it being heated, basically turns the blade blue. Correct, actually. Good job! I get
1: it. <laughs> Good job, Bard. I remembered thing. Um, yes. It's uh, caused by heating the blade in a solution of potassium nitrate sodium hydroxide and water Uh, and normally that was heated around 300 degrees and it would leave uh, a bluing texture on the blade but it was only a surface reaction it didn't go in deep so any friction on it would cause it to wear off and then rust could occur again it's basically the bluing was best used for blades only meant for ceremonial purposes Um, If it was actually used, it would wear off so fast, it would basically be pointless.
0: I was going to say this, because I've always seen it done to a blade that's like basically not attached to anything, like it's still being made. So like this isn't a process that would happen more than once. Like someone wouldn't, like if the treatment wore off from friction, you wouldn't then go in and get it retreated. You were just kind of like, you know, up a creek without a paddle sort of thing.
1: Basically, because okay. it could have um, negative effects on the other metals used in the hilt. Um, mm. Unless it was an all-steel blade, in which case mm-hmm. everything would be blued. Um, okay. Which could be pretty cool if you wanted a blue blade, like if you had an obsession with the color. Um, <laughs> but if it was used with, say, bronze or brass, it could have a negative reaction. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not quite sure what that reaction could be, but some part of me doesn't quite want to know. (laughs) Um, For some reason, I just envision it exploding in your face or releasing some sort of chemical that would kill you instantly. Yeah. So, probably not recommended.
0: Probably not.
1: Um, But at this time, Blade started to gain a little bit more variation because of the constant influence from different countries. They were constantly influencing each other. Um, Some began to actually take a triangular shape, the blade that is, um, instead of being flat and narrow, which um, was a rather difficult means to forge Mm -hmm. um, because it was, they were kind of concave each side. Oh, okay. I'm not. It's almost like
0: you're, it's almost like you're getting a little, instead of like less of a triangle and more of like a three-pointed star.
1: Yeah, pretty much. It was, it's a very, like, there are two different variations that have, like, a triangular shape, and one is more of that star that you were mentioning, Mm -hmm. and actually just triangular. Um, Oh, okay. It kind of varied. Um, They have specific names, but of course I didn't write them down. (laughs) Um, We'll We'll
0: do a corrections episode, and then we can address these issues.
1: Yes, if anybody has any questions or concerns or it's just like, hey, that's not right, tell us. And I will correct myself in a special episode that we can call Sorry We Screwed Up. Here's the right info. Because things just kept changing constantly at this point, um, Hiltz actually took on an entirely new look. Um, The basket concept was removed um, and actually became very simplistic a dish um guard was built instead, um, which is, you know, envision envision a dish, like a bowl, um that kinda went down that would kinda kind of encase the hand, but it oh, okay. would only cover like the top part. Um, like your two two top fingers there, like your mm-hmm. thumb and your index. Um and coming off of the dish was sometimes a single kind of bar sometimes multiple uh, but it would come down and end at the pommel to act as a knuckle guard
0: oh okay uh like that's this is sort of like when um we like we kind of talked about last episode the sort of stereotypical like what you think of when you think of a broadsword that description of a rapier is sort of like when i offhand draw a rapier it's always that like short you know, dish guard on the top with the sort of the bar uh, knuckle protector. Like that's always what you see in movies for the most part, or that's always uh, kind of what I default to when I draw it. So um, it's just interesting that it didn't that didn't come into play until uh, much later in the the weapons history.
1: Correct. It happened more around uh, the late 18th century. At this point, in comparison to what it used to be, actually really kind of dumbed itself down and not in a negative way it's more of uh it was less artistic um it became more of practical than it did
0: more utilitarian yes. than oh, like artistry
1: correct but that didn't quite stop people from going crazy with them because i was about
0: to say that like did this also mark a turn of rapiers being more used for or practical means like because it sounds like the designs are getting more simplistic so well was it was it being used more practically as well or were they still pr- uh primarily sort of ceremonial or um like everyday kind of wear on your side to sort of show that you're not someone to be messed with sort of thing
1: uh this design in particular was meant to be more of uh, your common sword Okay. Your street sword basically. Got it. However, there were still more complicated swords, but those were referred to as dress swords, which basically was the next evolution in the rapier. Um
0: so it's like ta ta your rapier evolved into a dress sword. continue go (laughs) Go ahead oh go go ahead
1: rapiers actually phased out into uh small swords um entirely because rapiers at that point became a little bit more impractical to carry around and small swords were nice and compact for the times um
0: easier to hide i assume as Mm
1: -hmm. well correct uh But these swords were typically reserved for military, officers, diplomats, and government officials. Um, They weren't meant for battle, but were just a symbol of high status. It tended to have... um, Ah! I did write it down. (laughs) The trefoil or triangular shape. So the trefoil is uh, the concave, and the triangle is... Well, a triangle. um, For the blade shape. Mm -hmm. uh And hilts were, like I mentioned earlier, encrusted with uh, different stones Um, or could have Mother of Pearl set in as the grip. It kind of depended upon um, the location. Uh, Different countries had access to different materials. um, And from country to country, different materials had different symbolism. And strangely enough, around this time, Egyptian motifs started to seep their way into designs because of okay. uh, when Napoleon invaded, he actually had a specific sword design named after him.
0: Mm, and
1: okay. I believe it was called the Napoleonic period. Right. Yes. Um, and it was basically the Napoleonic swords.
0: Okay. As creative
1: as it is. Um, <sighs> but they had a lot of... Uh, a lot more motifs that were egyptian or kind of in the style of it not quite you know accurate but mm-hmm. just a general kind of
0: it was just like the style of the time
1: yeah it was it was different and it was fancy right um, for them at that point but as you know the use of swords kind of was phased out by guns uh Fencing actually evolved from the rapiers and small swords um, because dueling was just so popular. It became a sport. They started schools in Spain and Italy during the 15th century actually to train boys to become proper gentlemen because you weren't viewed as a proper gentleman unless you...
0: Could stab somebody.
1: Yes, but stab them in a very elegant way.
0: Right. Because just just enough to mess up their fancy vest, but not enough to kill them.
1: Yes, precisely. Because why wound them when you can wound their pretty vest?
0: Exactly, and their pride. Exactly. Why wound them when you can wound their Sonic sweater? I'm sure Sonic the Hedgehog existed in 17th century France. Uh, of course. I mean,
1: he's so fast that he could go back in time like Superman.
0: He actually goes back in time in Sonic CD.
1: Wait, legit? Yes. I never actually played Sonic City, so I don't know. Yeah, this.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. Sonic canonically can go back in time.
1: What can't that hedgehog do?
0: Uh, make a good current video game.
1: Ouch! Ooh. Ooh! ooh,
0: some ooh. Hot takes! Ooh. Some hot takes ooh. from your local bard right over here. I might have
1: to quench my hand. That burn was too severe.
0: Ooh, get some get some aloe vera for that one. Ow. Uh, ooh. anyway, fencing schools. Fencing schools.
1: <laughs> a lot of it happened if you were of higher social rank. Um, and fun fact, they still used sharp blades. Um,
0: That's not fun at all.
1: Oh, no, it was great. Um, because people would bleed uncontrollably a lot. Um, yeah, and some, I was going to say. Some accidental deaths occurred. Uh, <laughs> accidental.
0: Accidental. <laughs>
1: <laughs> accidental deaths. Yeah. Hard, hard, hard. <laughs> um, but it wasn't actually until late nineteenth century that fencing swords started to come into being. Um, it took
0: that long. It took that. It long. took. It took. What? Okay, you said that the the art of fencing kind of originated in the fifteenth century, so that's fourteen hundreds, and then fencing swords didn't exist till the nineteenth century, which is the eighteen hundred. It took. 400 400 years for us to go maybe these shouldn't be sharp yeah
1: look we're a species that likes violence apparently
0: and isn't smart yes yes mainly that so so uh uh fencing foils as it were
1: yes once we started realizing that, hey, maybe maybe sharp things aren't a good idea to practice with. It resulted in a lot more simplistic design for these swords. And the blades tended to be rectangular or rounded. Um, they, ne- they never came to any vague point shape. Around this time, French and British fencing foils were pretty simplistic, but Germans and Italians really wanted to up the ante. Um, mm-hmm. For example... Um, Military foils used for Italian militaries to train their cavalry officers actually had um, shallow bowl guards and knuckle guards um, that resembled their actual cavalry swords. So it would be a more accurate tool for training.
0: Oh, okay. Uh,
1: Because it had closer balance, closer weight. To the cavalry sword. Yeah, so it wouldn't be that much of a jump from... Tr- your training weapon to your actual weapon. Mm, okay. Um, Germans actually had a specifically designed foiled called the Schlager. Uh, it was multi-bar hilt, um, which actually was a really interesting design because it kind of went back to the original rapier design. Mm-hmm. Um, the hilt was really large. It covered the entire hand and allowed for movement. Um, because with the simplistic guard that just kind of had, went over your knuckle, it was a little tighter, it was closer to your knuckles. Right. Um, but this was a lot more open, so you could actually rotate your hand in it, um, have more spin to your sword if you wanted to, give it some flair, make it your own. Um, (laughs) right. They kind of, you know, try to include more of movement with their style okay um and, from and so that
0: that not only that not only t- uh like references the actual sword but also the style in which they fenced in was uh different
1: yes um, okay each country kind of had a little different way of going about um uh, their battle okay. uh, but that's an entirely different ball game to get into right uh which we could Probably cover at some an enti-
0: point an entirely different episode at some point.
1: Exactly. We'll, we'll get into the details eventually. The short of it: Germans are aggressive. Yeah. That you just you go. <laughs> Germans go.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Italians and the
0: I'm English. I'm German, were... so I, I can attest to that.
1: <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and you, you know, I can attest to that. Yeah. As, as I frequently flail things. Um, yeah. But now we have we have fencing today. It's it's an Olympic sport. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. And I didn't realize this. Uh, modern fencing foils um, have a pistol grip, so it's like meant to be a gun handle, almost. Oh, yeah. That's so like strange. you can What's
0: ho- the purpose of that?
1: I guess to kind of reflect more of modern weaponry. I'm not entirely sure. I just found it to be a very interesting design because it actually looks like you're holding a gun and the blade becomes like the barrel. Um, but you can hold it in different positions. That's just the more typical way to hold it, I guess. It's very it's very odd. Maybe it's because it's easier to thrust in that position. I'm not sure. I didn't quite get the chance to it. Oh, that looks really to.
0: strange. So yeah. I just looked up. I just looked up pictures of it, and oh, that's so so weird. It's like this weird twisty like metal thing, and I can see how it resembles like a pistol, which is obviously why they call it the pistol grip. But it, like it gives, it like gives your like the way you hold it is totally different. Yeah, and I think that's it's so supposed- strange because it's not it's not what I would have ever have pictured in in holding. Like it makes it. Like, so, the actual blade, like, you're holding it, like, if you make a fist, instead of the blade being sort of par- er, parallel to your fist, like, where you'd hold a, a tube, um, it's, like, perpendicular. That's really weird.
1: Yeah, and I'm wondering if it's supposed to be more like the cavalry sword, because that kind of curves. Mm, okay. Um, But I'm not sure, because... Even then, that's a stretch uh, to go from a gun-like handle to something that's supposed to resemble a cavalry sword because they're not exactly close
0: Yeah, I, 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 I'm wondering if maybe it's just, and again, maybe this is something we get into later, but if it's just literally the positioning of the blade makes moving... In competitive fencing, it, maybe it's like at less stress on the wrist or something because i can see like you wouldn't have to bend your wrist as much. True. It would be it would be more of a shoulder movement and maybe it's and maybe that's where it comes from. I don't know. I I this is all speculation. But that's how as as an artist who often struggles with the fear of carpal tunnel, i can see how that would be a thing.
1: And as an artist with crippling carpal tunnel, that would <laughs> yeah. make things a lot easier.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: If you didn't have to do a lot of violent wrist movements. Mhm. Yes, that's actually kind of where we're ending up at it's this very weird kind of handled handle design but we've managed to incorporate technology into them as I'm sure a lot of you have noticed when watching the Olympics or maybe you don't watch the Olympics I don't know I don't watch them um, I know I'm a terrible person I'm sorry
0: the Olympics are fun
1: I just I know I don't know I never got into it
0: that's fair I'm more into the winter Olympics so I get you
1: it's always on so late, and I just fall asleep.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> That's my problem. All the things <laughs> that I want to watch is just like, congratulations, wake up at 2am. And I'm like, nah, son.
0: Congratulations, mm-hmm. you've run a free iPod Mini.
1: But yeah, it's fun, because they light up when you actually hit a person with it, because they have a nice little... Uh, the tips have a sensor, which reacts to the suits that are worn oh, Okay. sensors, and will actually cause both a buzzer and a light to go off along the side.
0: Oh, okay. Um, I mean, that makes sense. You have to score it somehow, so. Yeah,
1: that sensor allows um, you know, you to know that you've been hit if it isn't obvious that you have a giant piece of metal stuck into your chest. Right. But, you know, sometimes you're in the heat of the moment.
0: In the heat of the moment. I was about to do that, too, so (laughs) I'm glad that you were right there with me.
1: But yes. And that's basically a, a quick summary of the rapier. Cool. And it's history.
0: Do you have a do you have a blacksmithing tip for us this week?
1: I do. I do have advice for all of our lovely listeners. Um uh, and uh, this actually this actually is a story you know pretty well. You
0: know. I know, I, I read ahead.
1: Oh good. Lovely. Lovely. Hi. So advice for everybody. Um whenever you drill whenever you drill into anything that's metal, especially a blade, do it before you sharpen it. Um, because if you don't and you go to drill into it, sometimes this this neat thing happens where the drill bit gets gets caught in into the metal and then it just it spins. Um especially if it isn't secured properly, which be, sh- be sure to secure everything all the time, because safety is is number one. Um, because uh, you might end up like I did once at school, when uh, I had to text Emily in a delusional state that yeah. I wasn't going to make it back to the room that night.
0: Yeah, please please picture this. It's like 8.30 at night, I'm just working, and I get a text. Hey, Emily, um, I'm going to be back really late tonight. Oh, really, Liz? What happened? Uh, I'm in the ER. Okay. Like, like no explanation. No, like, nothing. Just, hey, I'm in the ER. I'm going to be back late tonight. Yeah,
1: well, okay. Understand that at this point, I had been bleeding out for a half an hour as I was no, arguing I with the monitors.
0: I understand. I, I know,
1: but I want everybody else here to understand that... I had been losing a lot of blood for a half an hour as I was arguing with, you know, some of the other people that were there in the studio with me about getting to the hospital. They're just like, oh, well, can't you just drive over?
0: Hey, I, pro tip, if you ever have to be a monitor for any sort of art studio, please, 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 God, please take a first aid class or something. Or like, just come on. just
1: use Google. Google yeah, even helps. We
0: have, we have computers in our pockets all the time. We have I mean, technology. Uh, like, in this anachronistic uh, future past fantasy blacksmithing shop that and we live in. Exactly. And for me, a barrel that I live in. I told you to get out of my barrel. Look, I hung the sign up. I pay you rent. Not enough. Not enough. I think, So that's going to do it for us uh, this week in the audio armory. Um... I'd like to thank uh, the composer and artist for our intro and outro music, uh, Samantha Hogan. You can find her work at samanthahogan.com, and you can find her on Twitter at Hogan underscore composer. You can find us on Twitter at Audio Armory Cast, and you can find us personally on Twitter. I am at Corrupted Gem, and Liz is at Liz Belt. That's L I Z Z B E L T Z. And you can also now rate. Uh, we're now on iTunes, so um, if you could rate and uh, leave a review, that really helps us a lot. Uh, really appreciates it. Uh, I'd also like to give a shout out to the people who have tweeted about the show already, which just means so much to us. Like that is super cool. Like this is obviously our first time doing anything like this. Um, we really appreciate the support. Um, so I'd like to thank. Uh, let me pull it up. I'd like to thank uh, at at you pineapple on Twitter, uh, who tweeted about the show and is actually the aforementioned um friend from uh last week's or two weeks ago story and then i'd also like to thank uh at yeah pat for tweeting about uh the show and uh giving us a very very well received great job and i appreciate that a lot um great job and and i think that's gonna do it for us this week
1: (laughs) Uh, um i actually have going off on this um because I post Spine on Facebook, and I'm more of a Facebook user than I am Twitter, I would uh-huh. also like to give a special thank you to uh, Mr. Aaron Myers for sharing um, our cast. It managed to get to a couple people, which was really nice, and he was able to help spread our word of nerdism.
0: Oh, I'd also like to thank uh, Marco on Facebook, who also shared the post. That is very, very sweet of him, um, and he is a very sweet person. Nice. Um <laughs> so um until next time i have been and will always be your local bard emily cardamus
1: and i will be your local blacksmith liz belts and don't throw rocks at birds yes please don't throw rocks at birds and stay away apparently from medieval chicken